0: Welcome to our first Nodia On Your Mind podcast of 2022. We have a new year, a new Nodia on your mind, and this time we have returned, Victor, to a favorite topic for us for Nodia On Your Mind reports. Corporate investments.
1: Uh, good to be back after the uh, winter holidays, and, and uh, yeah, good to return to, to one of our, our uh, favorite topics, uh, which is uh, corporate investments or, or capital expenditure. And of course, this, uh, unsurprisingly, is one of our favorite topics since it has a lot to do with uh, what we can do as a bank, uh, and, and of course, it has a lot to do with uh, with uh, our clients' uh, growth and, and future business uh, viability.
0: And you might accuse us of uh, seemingly not being able to let go. Uh, now writing a fourth Nodia On Your Mind report about this topic. Uh, We put out three early ones in 2017, 2019, and 2020. And the interesting thing is that in these earlier three Nodia On Your Mind reports, we've kept finding the same pattern that companies invest considerably less than the and I
1: guess you could say that th- this is also the reason why we can't really let this topic go, because when we, when we first started looking at it, this was something that kind of stuck out to us. It stands out in the way that, you know, compared to history, companies are investing far less th- than they used, uh, used to do. And when we have returned to this topic before, this, the same kind of pattern still remains. And, and in, in many ways, it's quite puzzling because, of course, as anyone knows, investments or capital expenditure in a company is, of course, a prerequisite for, for uh, future growth. And what we have seen and what we continue to see uh, is that companies are spending uh, even less and less than they have done in the past. So looking, for example, at one of, one of the metrics that we look at in this report, which is uh, capital expenditure as a ratio of uh, corporate sales, uh, we note that this ratio is, is uh, about at a 30-year low. Uh, for, for all these corporates that we've looked at.
0: 30 years is a long time. For sure. But the question is, is that universal around the world in all different industries and sectors?
1: So, of course, you know, regionally and, and, and among different sectors, the level of capital expenditure differs widely. So, so depending on if you're, if you're in, a let's say, the tech company or the tech sector, you, you have a completely different capex than if you're in a utility sector, for example. So, so there are large differences between sectors and, and some differences between regions. But this trend that we've seen, this, this uh, trend of falling capital expenditure it's the same pretty much in, in every region and uh, every sector. Uh, in recent years, the only one that doesn't really conform to this trend would be the the utility sector. But this is also a sector where, where uh, capital expenditure is, of course, high on the agenda.
0: But let's come back to that briefly in just a little while. But in the meantime, with any story, I mean, th- these are the facts, so this is the what, but the most interesting question for a story is usually why. So what is it that has made large companies invest so much less
1: and this has been the been the topic for for our previous uh, reports uh, when it comes to to capital expenditure because we 've tried to find the reason right tried to find the explanation for why our companies investing less and less and I think the only The only conclusion that we have so far is that companies are investing less. And then we've tried different hypotheses, looking, for example, at whether or not this could be sustainable over time, looking at historical patterns for for capital expenditures and sales and so on. And we've tried our best to kind of find the reason for why and and what would make this new normal, if you will, in terms of capital expenditure, what would make this viable in the long term. And and, uh, yeah, consensus forecast, when it comes to companies' capital expenditure, it, it continues to grow. But what we note is that the expected sales growth far overshadows the, any expected growth in, in capital expenditure. So we've not really been able to find any convincing story or any convincing reason
0: for, for as to why this this would be the case or, or why this would be sustainable. So these are the facts, and that would be the what. Uh, and in any story, uh, I think arguably the most interesting question is usually why. And, and, and this is, of course, something we've looked at, but what has made large companies invest so much less than they have in the past? And as you mentioned,
1: this, this is what we've been focusing on in the previous reports. Uh, and what we can see now is that you know the consensus forecast is for capital expenditure to to grow in the coming years for companies. Yeah. Uh, but we also note with interest that it still remains this trend that uh, that uh, the expectation is that sales will grow uh, at an even faster pace. And as you mentioned, Yuan, know, we have looked at this this uh, a few times before from from different angles, trying to find you know uh, could this be sustainable in the long term or or what could be the the main reasons?
0: And I think it's, it's probably good for the listeners if we highlight a couple of things we've looked at as possible explanations in earlier reports just to get some sort of feel for what it is that we've explored and technology is a word that immediately pops up I think in that technological development is very fast. Now Could technology be an explanation for why companies would maybe not need to invest as much as they have in the past if they invest more in software, intellectual property, and less in in machinery and factories?
1: And this is, this is a factor, uh, for sure. And, and one way of looking at this, which we have done in the past, is to look at property, plant and equipment investments and compare this with uh, intangible investments. Because, of course, you know, investments into software or, or IP, th- those are still investments. Yeah. And, and the trend that we've seen is that as a share of, of total investments, yeah. uh, investments into intangible assets have been rising. And they've, they've risen from about 5% uh, in, in the mid-1990s to being today around 25% uh, as a share of, of these total investments. And to, to kind of dig deeper into this, we've also looked at the big tech companies. So comparing the investments in these uh, large tech companies with, uh, with uh, the overall uh, or, or the, the average company. Uh, If you will. Uh, And the
0: big tech companies, that would be the global tech giants, uh, the FANCTA.
1: Exactly, yes, yes. But we've kind of had to to rename this acronym. So instead of FANCTA, meaning, of course, uh, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix... Google, Tencent and Alibaba uh, with uh, the rebranding or or the the name changes. Uh, We now have a a new acronym here, which is uh, Manata. So changing then Facebook from from Facebook to Meta uh, and uh, Google's uh, parent company being called Alphabet.
0: So Manata it is. And what a journey they have had. Six companies. uh, And in 2009, they accounted for almost 0% of the total capex of the 1,800 constituents of the stock's 1,800 global index and this year uh, according to consensus forecast it's expected that those companies those six companies alone will out of 1800 1, companies account for six percent of total capex
1: it is a it's a staggering high figure for sure uh, but what is interesting here is and then coming back to to us trying this as some kind of explanatory reason for for why companies are, are investing less uh, we actually see in these companies that while they are investing more than the overall market uh, in, in terms of, of intangible assets or, or private or, or sorry uh, pp e investment we actually see that these companies invest heavily in, in not only intangible assets but actually in, in property and, and perhaps not plants, but equipment, you know, such as server farms or, or other types of tangible assets. So, so this is not only a story of, you know, s- switching investments from one type to another, but we still see these, these uh, more tangible investments uh, being, mm. being highly relevant even for the tech-heavy uh, companies
0: and on still the sort of overall theme of technology and this is maybe to just give one more example of things we've looked at in earlier reports that we have thought might be possible explanations for why corporates invest less in relation to their revenues than in the past We, we also tested the hypothesis is it that companies are seeing better productivity on their investments in that technology lets them become more efficient in their investment spending so that they don't need to invest as much to generate another dollar of sales as they did in the past but in order to understand that a little bit better, we actually analyzed it and and, and came up with some numbers showing that if we are to believe that companies continue to invest less as they have done in recent years than they did earlier in history, the productivity, the additional future revenues they would generate with those investments they make would need to grow about 9% per annum which is a staggeringly high growth rate of productivity for investments. And just to compare that with something, if you look at, for example, labor productivity, how much do you get out of your workforce every year? That has in Europe over time grown about 1%. So the question is, can we believe that technology lets companies invest less to the extent that they would actually have nine times as much Productivity growth from what they invest compared with what they get out of their employees. So ba- basically, this would mean
1: that that you get nine percent more bang for the buck every year in terms of your investments. If this were to be sustainable, and I guess our, our conclusion was simply that no, this this seems way too high.
0: I certainly don't believe yeah. that.
1: It seems to be at at an at a level that is at least in the long term unreasonable. So so so, so this could not then, according to us, very likely be the explanation uh, for why companies are investing less uh, than they have in the the past.
0: And then another relevant question, of course, is, is it the case that companies are reluctant to invest because they would get punished by investors, by their shareholders, if they do?
1: And then this is uh, also something that we've looked at, of course. uh, And I guess the quick answer is uh, not really, because what we've found is that looking at it in one way, uh, we can see that companies investing a lot, they actually outperform those that invest less, so the, the the more kind of cap uh, or the more capex intense companies, uh, they actually see lower returns than than the capex light companies do. But that's kind of misleading in a way as well, because when we look at a type of spending, so how companies are investing in their business, we see that if you are a company that invests heavily into your business, but you do so continuously, mm. so you do so over time at a continuous rate, and you don't really have these uh, that we would call big bang investments, where you invest heavily just you know, a few times uh, over a cycle or a few times over the years. If you are one of these that invest heavily and you do so continuously, you actually outperform by quite a bit. So we see that you actually get quite heavily rewarded in terms of of higher future growth, uh, higher profits, of course, and higher share price performance.
0: So we looked at, could it be that technology means that you don't need to invest as much as in the past? And that's not the case. We looked at, do we see a productivity development for investments, meaning that you are getting so much more out of what you invest that you don't need to invest as much as in the past, and that's not the case. And there is no real reason for companies not to invest because they should be afraid that they get punished with a lower share price because actually investors seem to appreciate companies that invest because they grow more. And (laughs) having learned these things and other things, we decided to take a different approach this time. And and, and therefore, instead of trying to look for even more potential explanations, we twisted things around and instead pointed at what could we see that could change this trend of lower investments than in the past. And one factor that we (laughs) made the overall theme of this CapEx not the only mind report uh, was pretty evident, right? Um, uh, Sustainability, ESG. That would be the thing that we could easily see could be a real game changer for corporate investments going forward.
1: And as you say, tr- trying to, to uh, kind of twist it around and ask the question, then what could change? Uh, this stands out, uh, and it stands out in an interesting way because it's this is some, not something that will you know be affected by any any type of macro trend or any type of business cycle. This is a kind of overarching thing that companies will need to take into account. So ESG factors, and, and more specifically, uh, what we've done is to have a look at. Uh, The fact that companies will need to be a part of this journey to becoming more sustainable in society and and more specifically uh, we have a lot of a lot of countries almost 200 countries being being signatories to the paris agreement of of 2015 where the objective is to limit global warming uh, and we also see some other agreements on a global country level in terms of of ambitions to become more sustainable
0: it's kind of hard to argue against the driver that we want there to still be a planet that is habitable in the future so this is simply going to happen uh, and, and companies just need to (laughs) take that in and and act accordingly.
1: And need to be a part of the solution and be able to actually capitalize on on these new new, um, opportunities that will arise.
0: Definitely. And to be a little bit more concrete about what will be needed in order to meet the targets of the 2015 Paris Agreement, the first phase, which I guess you could argue we are right in the midst of now, is of course to halt investment in fossil fuel-based energy. And the second phase, which has already started, is to roll out the alternatives uh, when it comes to power generation, wind and solar electricity, um, electrification of transport and on the real estate and building side, zero carbon rated buildings, and of course when it comes to all industrial manufacturing activity, clean energy in industry. And that's a phase we can see stretches out to around 2030, and then looking at all the various initiatives in place, the third phase should see this development continue, leading to in the very long term, if you take the 2050 perspective, at that point two-thirds of electricity being generated worldwide coming from wind and solar. Uh, 90% of heavy industry being low emission and 85% of buildings being zero carbon ready. So it's a pretty dramatic journey over, to be sure, a large number of years, but nonetheless, comparing with the starting point, it's uh, immense. And, And
1: this is just to be clear, this is in the scenario that we want to live up to agreements so in the scenario that we want to, to limit global warming to a certain certain number of degrees in the scenario that we want our planet to to actually survive yes. that this would actually need to happen and, and, and not only that this is in the scenario of w- what countries have actually signed uh, when it comes to legally binding documents uh, in terms of of making sure that we actually reach these targets uh, and i guess it's it's probably helpful uh, not only for us but especially for our listeners as well uh, to get a feel for you know how much actual um, you know how, how much in Investments are needed for this uh, this large transition uh, to be able to take place, uh, and, and this is a large transition. You know, transitioning uh, as you mentioned, you want different industries uh, from from uh, an energy supply that looked one way in the past, and an energy supply that needs to look a different way. In the how big will this? So be? it will be. According to different estimates, of course, because there's always different estimates in terms of of how this will play out. But the estimates given by, for example, the IEA in the World Energy Outlook 2021, uh, they estimate a need for uh, some $4 trillion in additional investments uh, to be made by by 2030 or, or annually by 2030. Uh, and if we look at, at some other reports by, by the OECD or the UN or, or the World Bank, uh, they actually estimate this this additional investment need for this ener- energy transition to be some 6.9 trillion dollars uh, per annum. And if we put this in comparison to, for example, how much are corporates, uh, how much are listed corporates today actually uh, investing, we can see uh, from our uh, universe of, of uh, companies, the stocks Global 1800, that this would correspond to some. Total investment by listed corporates of around $4 trillion annually as of right now. So, connecting these two, we see that the estimated annual need for investments in order to succeed with this energy transition. And in order for it to be in line with the goals that have been been uh, been set, these additional investment needs are some hundred to one hundred and fifty percent of what companies globally today are actually spending.
0: Let me just take that in. So, looking at the magnitude of what we will need to see invested to save the planet, uh, on the twenty thirty uh, uh, in the sort of second phase of this that we described, it's actually going to be more than what all listed global corporates are already investing every year. Correct, and by some margin as well. I guess you could argue that's big. Quite a quite a huge uh,
1: figure in terms of additional investment need. Uh, what I guess is is interesting here as well is uh, as I mentioned before, this is regardless of of the macro cycle or or any business cycle. So 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 this is an additional need purely to to be able to succeed with this energy transition. And and uh, as I said, there are various uh, various. Uh, Targets requiring various investment needs Uh, and and you probably shouldn't take this figure 100 to 150% literally in that companies will need to spend this much in additional capital because it will be spent by not only the corporates, it will be spent by by governments or super nationals or, or other entities. But I guess you could just kind of boil it down to the fact that it's not 1% additional need. It's not a 10% additional need. It, it's uh, 100 or 150% additional need. So it's significant, regardless how you look at
0: it. Not only significant, it's huge. But how is it going to play out in different sectors? Not everyone will be affected in the
1: same way. For sure, for sure. Uh, and in order to quantify this, We've, we've dug deeper into some specific sectors that will be, uh, be affected more than, uh, than other sectors. So one such example is, is looking at the, the uh, energy sector. Uh, so what would the uh, energy s- sector need to invest in order to su- uh, succeed with this? And looking at the current capital expenditure, Within the energy sector, we can simply highlight that given the targets set out and given the estimated costs to achieve these targets uh, by, for example, the, the IEA, the energy sector would need to invest some 800 billion euros in total extra up until 2030 compared to what they're doing right now. And if they were to continue uh, with the existing investment trend that we see within the energy sector, their their level of capex in in 2030 would be some 40%
0: of what is actually needed. Investing less than half they need doesn't sound great. Yeah, Uh, it's, it's a big shortfall. Are other sectors going to do better? Others will; <laughs> they will do do better, but
1: we still see a, a quite significant shortfall in, in most of the sectors that we, we've looked at. So, so one other sector is utilities, and mainly within this sector, we're looking t- looking at at you know the electrification of our energy supply and 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 uh, building out the electrical grid, just as an example. And in this sector, we we. Uh, it, it looks better. So what we see with a given investment trend within utilities, uh, they would reach some 87% of what is actually needed. So this, uh, this uh, 13% shortfall within the utility sector, it adds up quite quickly. So by 2030, we have a, have a total gap or total investment shortfall by some $350 billion. Since we have this huge need, of course, uh, it, it requires large investments in order to turn this around. Uh, looking at industrials, for example, and again this has to do with, uh, with electrification uh, of, of, of uh, production uh, within the industrials, uh, among other things. And we see that if they are they were to continue on their current investment path, this corresponds to some 80% of what they actually need to invest. And also then up until 2030, this would uh, would result in a $150 billion shortfall.
0: And then another big sector where this is a huge thing, of course, is transport. And we can see them investing 60% of what they would need on the 2030 horizon. That would be another almost $200 billion of, of capex that would need to be made, which we don't see extrapolating from current trends is on the way of being made. So. Adding all it, this up, it, the, the numbers get really big. Yeah, so, so just from, from these sectors, uh, if we add it
1: up, we end up with some $1.6 trillion in, in actual shortfall in terms of, of uh, investments that are needed until 2030 to be in line with, with what you described earlier, want To be in line with this, this uh, path that we need to be in line with in order to, to actually live up to the goals that we have set for ourselves and it's it's important to mention here that of course all of this is, is interconnected because if you have uh, an additional focus let's say within in transportation to be able to invest more in green technology to invest and roll out uh, cars or trucks that are driven by by new types of uh, of low emission fuels you also need the infrastructure related to it to be able to have it uh, have it in a functioning way so you need to have you know charging stations you need to have an electrical grid that is is adapted for this this uh, new future
0: I think it's worth mentioning that it's very, very suitable that our two interviews, including this Nordea Mind report, are with two very senior decision makers from two of these four industries being so heavily affected by this global sustainable energy transition. Uh, we uh, have interviewed the CFO of Volvo Cars, Björn Anvall, and we have uh, interviewed the CEO of the world's biggest wind energy company, Vestas, uh, Henrik Anderson. Uh, we will post those, as we always do, separately on LinkedIn and Nordea.com. So look out for those. We can really strongly recommend. Uh, the views that they share, uh, which are uh, extremely relevant in this context of what we're describing, uh, will be the impact on, on different key sectors facing this transition. But I think a good way to conclude, Victor, is to maybe just observe a little about how we think corporates should think about all this and what's happening. I mean, we've we've looked at this and concluded that we can't find any. Compelling explanation for why corporates would be able to get away with investing much less than they've done in the past. So we think that it is going to have to come back. And we do think, as we've tried to describe, that sustainability and specifically the sustainable energy transition worldwide is going to be a huge potential game changer leading things in that direction. And for companies, as you alluded to earlier, it it's not only about being defensive and, and reactive and, and and feeling pressure to Invest in having a sustainable business model, a sustainable footprint and a sustainable supply chain. That's going to be a necessity in order to remain viable, investable, qualified for credit, etc. But it's also a very positive driver here in that there are going to be massive business opportunities for corporates to actually deliver goods, services, solutions for all that needs to be invested in in order for the world to make this energy transition. So, so that's more of an encouragement to invest.
1: Yeah, as the world as a whole invests more. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's completely unfeasible that there wouldn't be any great opportunities for, for
0: companies. Absolutely. And then we would hope that Nudia, as a partner to many of these companies, could have a role to play. I think it's certainly the case that Nodia could help. Uh, we can help explain necessary transitions uh, from a lender perspective, from an investor perspective. Through our own specialist colleagues, we can offer ESG advice to companies. And, and, and being a bank, I mean, it's it, needless to say, we're able to help with transition funding. Uh, we have uh, superb colleagues in our sustainable finance advisory team uh, who are experts and can help with a lot of concrete issues for companies to consider, such as sustainability strategy, uh, ESG rate. Advisory, sustainable finance frameworks, etc. So we would really encourage corporates to uh, have a dialogue with them to be able to get some input and guidance on on how to position themselves in in all of this. I think that's a good place to conclude. I've really enjoyed this, Victor. This is a topic that uh, that is a favorite, and I think quite possibly could remain a favorite
1: and quite possibly it could be one uh, one that is subject to a new report in the future
0: we should not rule out a capex 5 i think uh, that that's something to consider for coming new and on your mind reports going forward but in the meantime i look forward to our next new your mind report as well which is going to be about project finance and we would of course do a new podcast on that when it is released so look out for that and in the meantime thank you all for listening see you next time <coughs>